Great. How's everybody today? Are you good? Beautiful day. Glad to have you with us today. And uh, those of you who are joining us online, it's just awesome to be together in Jesus' name. Uh, how many of you know today Jesus is better? Come on, that's, that's been the theme of the book of Hebrews. And we have, after today, just three weeks left in this series. It's been an awesome series together. And as I mentioned before, uh, we, have, we have three chapters, chapters 11, 12, and 13. And those three chapters are organized around the three Christian virtues of faith, hope, and love. So today we are in the faith chapter. That's Hebrews chapter 11. If you have a Bible or a Bible app, why don't you open it up, head over to Hebrews chapter 11 as we get started today. Um, Hebrews chapter 11, it's, it's arguably one of the most important chapters on faith in the entire Bible. And uh, last week we started with a, a good question, and it's just a simple question. What is faith? And we looked at that famous definition of faith in Hebrews chapter 11, verse 1, which says that faith is confidence in things hoped for. It's the assurance of things not seen. And we saw that faith is really two things. Faith is confidence, and it is assurance. Faith is confidence and it's assurance in realities that we don't see. We may not see it, but we have a certainty about it. It was this idea, and it is this idea, that I know, that I know, that I know. And that's what faith is. Faith is confidence. It's assurance. And from there, we began to dive into the famous Hall of Faith. For those of you uh, who are unfamiliar with the Hall of Faith, the Hall of Faith is a list of Old Testament heroes who serve for us as magnificent examples of faith. And we saw how Abel, Enoch, and Noah were all commended for their faith. Uh, well, today we're going to continue our journey through the Hall of Faith. We're going to look at Hebrews 11, verses 8 through 40. So that's a lot of verses there. We could do a whole series just on Hebrews chapter 11, so know that it's going to be quick. It's going to be a quick flyover of the Hall of Faith. Um, but what we're going to see today, and I think this is what's most important, is um, we're not looking at what faith is. We're going to take a look at what faith does. Faith is a verb. Faith has action. And as we look at this Hall of Faith today, we're going to see Noah in faith builds an ark. Abraham in faith, Abraham and Sarah, they leave their homeland. Joshua and the army march around Jericho. See, faith isn't merely what we believe. Faith also involves what we do. Faith has action. A great example of this or a great illustration would be rock climbing. I don't know if you've ever been rock climbing before. Do you have any rock climbers in the room today? I know of one right there. So the first time I went rock climbing... I was a middle schooler, and I had a class that went out to the, the Rocky Mountains there in Colorado to do a little bit of rock climbing together. It was my first time rock climbing. We found a, a beautiful location, and our instructor really wanted us to start by learning how to trust one another. And so we began not climbing up the rock, but rappelling down the rock. <laughs> Let me tell you, 
he, we, we were going to go and rappel down what he called a rock wall. And looking down, it was a cliff that went down 200 feet. And let me tell you, that rappelling is an act of faith. Because there's someone who holds the rope while you bounce down the face of this rock wall all the way to the bottom. And I'll never forget grabbing onto that rope. And you have to lean back. And you put all your weight on that rope and you look down about 200 feet. And you look over at the guy holding the rope and you begin to say, man, I hope I didn't do anything to offend that dude because my life is in his hands. It's an act of faith. It's an act of trust. Faith is a lot like that. And what I want to show you today is that our life in God really is an adventure of faith. And God is holding the rope. And in many ways, we are stepping out in faith. We're jumping out in faith, trusting in an amazing God. And so today, we want to look at this question. What does faith do? How does faith transform our life? See, faith creates a possibility inside of us for action that we never imagined before. And today, I want to show you that faith does three things. Faith looks forward. Faith doesn't compromise. And faith does great things. Faith looks forward. Faith doesn't compromise. Faith doesn't great, does great. Faith does great things. So as we take a look at Hebrews 11, we'll see these themes running through. So pick it up with me. Hebrews 11, verses 8 through 40. We'll read it together. By faith, Abraham, when called to go to the place where he would later receive as his inheritance, obeyed and went, even though he didn't know where he was going. By faith, he made his home in the promised land like a stranger in a foreign country. He lived in tents, as did Isaac and Jacob, who were heirs with him of the same promise. For he was looking forward to the city with foundations, whose architect and builder is God. And by faith, even Sarah, who was past childbearing age, was enabled to bear children because she considered him faithful, who had made the promise. And so from this one man, and he as good as dead, came descendants as numerous as the stars in the sky, and as countless as the sand on the, on the seashore. All these people were still living by faith when they died. They did not receive the things promised. They only saw them and welcomed them from a distance, admitting that they were foreigners and strangers on earth. People who say such things show that they're looking for a country of their own. If they had been thinking of the country they had left, they would have had the opportunity to return. Instead, they were longing for a better country, a heavenly one. Therefore, God is not ashamed to be called their God, for He has prepared a city for them. By faith, Abraham, when God tested him, offered Isaac as a sacrifice. He who had embraced the promise was about to sacrifice his one and only son, even though God had said to him, it is through Isaac that your offspring will be reckoned. Abraham reasoned that God could even raise the dead, and so in a manner of speaking, he did receive Isaac back from death. By faith, Isaac blessed Jacob and Esau in regard to their future. 
By faith, Jacob, when he was dying, blessed each of Joseph's sons and worshipped as he leaned on top of his staff. By faith, Joseph, when his end was near, spoke about the exodus of the Israelites from Egypt and gave instructions concerning the burial of his bones. By faith, Moses' parents hid him for three months after he was born, because they saw he was no ordinary child, and they were not afraid of the king's edict. By faith, Moses, when he had grown up, refused to be known as the son of Pharaoh's daughter. He chose to be mistreated along with the people of God rather than to enjoy the fleeting pleasures of sin. He regarded disgrace for the sake of Christ as of greater value than the treasures of Egypt because he was looking ahead to his reward. By faith he left Egypt, not fearing the king's anger. He preserved because he saw him, persevered because he saw him who was invisible. By faith he kept the Passover and the application of blood so that the destroyer of the firstborn would not touch the firstborn of Israel. By faith the people passed through the Red Sea as on dry land, but when the Egyptians tried to do so, they were drowned. By faith, the walls of Jericho fell after the army had marched around them for seven days. By faith, Rahab, the prostitute Rahab, because she welcomed the spies, was not killed with those who were disobedient. What more shall I say? I do not have time to tell about Gideon, Barak, Samson, and Jephthah, about David and Samuel and the prophets who through faith conquered kingdoms, administered justice, and gained what was promised, who shut the mouths of lions, quenched the fury of the flames, and escaped the edge of the sword whose weakness was turned to and who became powerful in battle and routed foreign armies. Women, returned, women received back their dead, raised to life again. There were others who were tortured, refusing to be released so they might gain an even better resurrection. Some faced jeers and flogging and even chains and imprisonment. They were put to death by stoning. They were sawed in two. They were killed by the sword. They went about in sheepskins and goatskins, destitute, persecuted, and mistreated. The world was not worthy of them. They wandered in deserts and mountains, living in caves and in holes in the ground. These were all commended for their faith, yet none of them received what had been promised, since God had planned something better for us, that only together with us would they be made perfect. Wow, what an amazing passage of Scripture, right? A lot there, but the key word is by faith. Faith creates action in our life. So let's pray and we'll dive in. Heavenly Father, thank you for your word. Thank you for the examples of faith down through the ages from the beginning of the scriptures all through the Old Testament, leading up to Jesus, who's the author and perfecter of our faith. And I pray that today that we would find confidence in trusting you that so we might step out into the life of faith into the adventure of faith that you have for every one of us today we ask that in Jesus name amen all right I'm excited about our study today and we want to start just with our first theme what does faith do three things number one faith looks forward faith looks forward and we see this really in the example of Abraham so, so check out Abraham here, Hebrews 11:8. By faith, Abraham, when called to a place he would later receive as, in, as his inheritance, that's the land of Canaan. He's God's calling him to the land of Canaan, but he doesn't know that yet. He obeyed and went, even though he didn't know where he was going. Could you imagine? What, what a step of faith right there. God says to Abraham, 
pack it up. You're heading out. Say goodbye to your family. Say goodbye to your friends. And leave everything familiar. Where, where am I going, God? To a place you don't know. And he trusted God, and he followed God, and he went to a land he didn't know. I don't know how many of you have ever moved across to another state or moved to another country before. That's quite an undertaking, isn't it? And uh, our family moved to Pennsylvania four years ago from Colorado, and we uh, began, you know, telling people, you know, hey, we just got here, we moved here, and people would say, where you're from? And we say, Colorado, and, and they're like, why? Like, why would you do that? And, uh, and we always say as a family, we just say, God called us here, and, and we've been to, been to describe just what God is doing here at Hope, and, and God has a call. And sometimes when you step out into the call of God, and when, when you step out into the call of God, it's not going to make sense to everybody around you. Uh, back in college, I read a devotional called My Utmost for His Highest. I don't know if you've ever read that little devotional, Oswald uh, Chambers, and, uh, and I read the devotional, and, and there, was, there was a passage that stuck out to me all throughout the years, never forgot it. It was the one passage that jumped out to me. And, and uh, he talks about this, this verse, and he talks about Abraham, and he quotes Hebrews 11.8, which says, he went out not knowing where he was going. And this is what Oswald Chambers writes. He says, have you ever gone out in this way? If so, there's no logical answer possible when anyone asks you what you're doing. And then he encourages us, continually examine your attitude toward God to see if you're willing to go out in every area of your life. And I just want to challenge you a little bit today. Are you willing to go out in every area of your life trusting God? Maybe that is a change of job. Maybe it's a life change. Maybe it's going out into a new adventure. Whatever that is, have you ever gone out in that way, trusting God entirely? Listen to what Chambers says. This is what I couldn't forget. He says, do you want God to tell you what he's going to do? To my, and my answer to that is yes. Yes, I want God to tell me what he's going to do. And he said, look at this. God doesn't tell you what he's going to do. He reveals to you who he is. Do you want God to tell you what he's going to do? I do. But normally what does God do? He reveals to you who he is. And that's the life of faith. See, our life in God is an, is an amazing adventure of faith. And sometimes we step out in faith, trusting God, not knowing where we're going. And people look at us and go, what are you doing? That's crazy. But we know who God is. See, we may not always know where we're going in life, but we can trust the one who does. And that's what faith is all about. Look at verse 9. By faith, Abraham made his home in the promised land. That's the land of Canaan. And he made his home like a stranger in a foreign country. He was a foreigner there because he hadn't received the inheritance. It said he lived in tents 
as did Isaac and Jacob, who were heirs with him of the same promise. It's interesting because Abraham goes out not knowing where he's going, and then even when he gets there, he's a foreigner and a stranger. He's, he's living in tents because he's not yet received the promise. You just go, why would he do that? And we, we get the answer to that um, in the next verse uh, where, where it talks about um, verse 16, or excuse me, verse 10. This is the answer, verse 10. He was looking forward to the city with foundations whose architect and builder is God. And so here's where we get to the theme of faith looks forward. Abraham was moving forward not knowing where he was going because faith looks forward. Abraham was looking forward to a city with foundations whose architect and builder is God. And I just want to show you today that, um, that, that the hope, that Abraham's hope, really was not the land of Canaan. Yes, he believed that his descendants would live in the land of Canaan. That would be a blessing. But what was motivating Abraham was ultimately a hope of something better than the land of Canaan. He was looking for a city with foundations. He was looking for a home whose builder and architect was God. A perfect home in heaven. Not an earthly home, but a heavenly home. That's what Abraham was after. That's why he's the father of faith, the founder of of our faith. You know, the, there's, a, there's a boom right now in, in home renovations. I don't know if any of you have done any renovation lately. I guess that's what happens when you are uh, kind of confined into your home for a year and a half. You start to see things that you don't like or that you want changed. And, you know, the Vincents, we've, we've seen a few things. We live on a, a backup to the turnpike interchange and we see the cars going back and Man, we just are just, Angie's like, I'm tired of seeing all these cars. And so just this week, we got uh, four, or sorry, 11 little green giant trees planted in the back of our yard. Little, little trees that, you know, so we're, we're trusting someday it's going to grow up into this beautiful, you know, wall that's just going to screen all the cars for us. It's our little wall of faith. It's our hope of a traffic-free future. <laughs> Isn't it amazing, even when we think about our homes, as blessed as we are, as amazing as they are, we always long for something better. We always long for something more, and that's a truth about the human heart. We are all longing for a better home, and it's not an earthly home. It's a heavenly home, and Abraham knew that. Yes, he, he was blessed by this home on earth, this land of Canaan, but he was ultimately looking for a better country, which is what we read in verse 16. It says, they were longing for a better, better country, a heavenly one. Therefore, God is not ashamed to be called their God, for he has prepared a city for them. Church, we're longing for a better country. And God's not ashamed to be our God because he's prepared a home for us. It reminds me of Jesus when he said, I go to prepare a place for you. God has a perfect home for every one of us in heaven. And it's going to be amazing. It's going to be traffic free. It's going to have most amazing. I'm just, okay, I got to slow down here. Come back. Because I know it's going to be so incredible. How do we get there? There's a little bit of a clue. 
Abraham's faith is tested, verse 17. By faith, Abraham, when God tested him, offered Isaac as a sacrifice. He who had embraced the promise was about to sacrifice his one and only son. Verse 19, Abraham reasoned that God could even raise the dead. Guys, all these stories whisper Jesus' name. And one day God would send his son, his one and only son, and he wouldn't spare his son for us. We know the story of Abraham and Isaac that God provided a ram. And so that ram took Isaac's place. In the same way, Jesus is the sacrifice that took our place. He died so that we could live. Jesus bore the punishment on the cross that we deserve. And through his death and through his resurrection, we can have a new life with God. We can have eternal life. And that life starts today and it lasts forever. That's our hope as believers. We look forward to the amazing future that God has for the people of God. Take a look at verse 20. This is, this is the lightning round here of forward-looking faith. Verse 20, By faith Isaac blessed Jacob and Esau in regard to their future. By faith Jacob, when he was dying, blessed each of Joseph's sons and worshipped as he leaned on top of his staff. By faith Joseph, when his end was near, spoke about the exodus of the Israelites from Egypt and gave instructions concerning the burial of his bones. We define faith, and the scripture defines faith as confidence in things hoped for. And I would commend to you that, that top verse. By faith, Isaac blessed Jacob and Esau in regard to their future. God has amazing blessings for us in regard to our future. And the blessings of God on our future change everything for us today. Faith looks forward. Many of us, you know, I think about May. May is a very busy time. Got a lot going on. Uh, some of you are wrapping up school or wrapped up school. And what gets us through May? It's the hope of summer, isn't it? Anybody already thinking about a trip, vacation, something special, being done with school? I know I am. I have a, a daughter who's turning seven on June 4th, and her plan is to go to the American Girl Store in New York City. I'm telling you, she's counting down the days. And that's what faith does. Faith looks forward. And faith, as it looks forward, energizes our life in the present. To step out in faith. To live the adventure of the Christian life. And so I want to encourage you guys today to look forward with faith to the blessed future that God has for every one of us today. It's things that faith does. What else does faith do? Number two, faith doesn't compromise. Faith doesn't compromise. Faith refuses to compromise. We see this in the story of Moses, and he's the next big example in the hall of faith. Hebrews eleven twenty three. By faith, Moses' parents hid him for three months after he was born, 
because they saw he was no ordinary child. And they were not afraid of the king's edict. By faith, Moses, when he had grown up, refused to be known as the son of Pharaoh's daughter. He chose to be mistreated along with the people of God rather than to enjoy the fleeting pleasures of sin. He regarded disgrace for the sake of Christ as of greater value than the treasures of Egypt because he was looking ahead to his reward. By faith he left Egypt, not fearing the king's anger. He persevered because he saw him who was invisible. i got to stop there. Isn't that amazing? Faith is confidence in things not seen. And yet don't we see by faith him who is invisible? Interesting. By faith he kept the Passover and the application of blood so that the story of the firstborn would not touch the firstborn of Israel. I want you to think about Moses' life for a second. Moses was the son of Pharaoh's daughter. He lived in a palace. He grew up in luxury. Every opportunity was available to him. Best education, best opportunities, best chariot. Whatever Moses wanted, he could have. Wealth beyond his wildest dreams. That was what was before Moses. And yet Moses let it all go. He gave all that up. He was willing to count all of that as loss for the sake of knowing Jesus Christ. It says that Moses would rather be mistreated along with the people of God than to enjoy the fleeting pleasures of sin. Let me ask you a question. Is there pleasure in sin? Kind of an awkward question at church, isn't it? <laughs> Is there pleasure in sin? You know, I heard someone say, if sin isn't fun, you're either lying or not doing it right. What does the Bible say? It says there is pleasure in sin. But you better believe that sin is only pleasurable for a season. And when that season's over, you're left with emptiness and brokenness. And, and you really miss out on God's, on the call of God for your life because you're walking in sin. The Bible says the wages of sin is death. And what's interesting about Moses is he says, I'd rather have an eternity with Christ than the pleasures of sin. He said, I'm not going to compromise. And that's what faith does. Faith doesn't compromise. I heard a, an amazing story about this. Um, there's a guy named, named John Cooper. And I don't know, have any of you ever heard of the band Skillet? may not have heard of John Cooper. Maybe Skillet. So uh, he's the front man, he's the lead for the band Skillet. And uh, Skillet, for those of you who don't know, is a Christian rock band. And if you go back to 2010, uh, Skillet was just coming onto the scene. And what's interesting about Skillet is back in 2010 is that uh, they had their first mainstream radio hit. And, and they even had a song that was like, like the number four song on the top rock charts. And, and they started selling albums. They started making money. Th these guys are Christians, but yet they're, they're making it in 
in secular music, in, in radio and, and all that. They started getting invited to go on tours together, and so now they're on tour. Um, they're touring with some of the biggest rock bands around. And, uh, and you know, if you don't know, there aren't a lot of Christians in the rock and roll industry. Um, but that's who they were. And uh, one night they, they were playing on tour. They opened for a lot of big bands, and, and uh, all the kingpins of the music industry were there. And after the show, uh, John Cooper was, was off stage, and, and uh, one of the movers and shakers in the music industry came and, and started talking to him. And he says, um, this is what he said. He said, he said, John, he said, I'm going to tell you something. I'm going to tell you the truth because no one else will. He said, you have the sound. You have the look. And if you wanted, you could be the next biggest band in the world. And he was like, wow, that's amazing. And the guy's like, you got it. You got it all. They had, a, they had some women in their band. It's like, you know, like, chick on bass. No, I think he plays the bass. But, like, they literally were set to be the next biggest band in the world. And he says, I'm going to tell you the truth because no one else will. If you want to be the next biggest band in the world, he says, you got to stop talking about Jesus. Disassociate from Christian music. No more Christian interviews. Stop talking about Jesus. And he said... I can't stop talking about Jesus. And so he chose Jesus over being the world's great rock stars. And that's what Moses did. He could have had this, and he said, I'd rather have Jesus. And that choice confronts us every single day. Am I going to choose Jesus over the world? Am I going to choose righteousness over sin? Am I willing to suffer for the truth? Moses thought it was better to suffer for Christ than to have all the treasures of Egypt. It says he was looking for God's reward. And that's what faith does. Faith looks forward. Faith doesn't compromise. Last one. Faith does great things. I love this. Faith does big things. Faith does great things. And I believe that as we begin to step out in faith, we're going to see God do amazing things in us and through us. Take a look at verse 29. By faith, the people passed through the Red Sea as on dry land. But when the Egyptians tried to do so, they were drowned. By faith, the walls of Jericho fell after the army had marched around them for seven days. By faith, the prostitute Rahab because she welcomed the spies, was not killed with those who were disobedient. Do you see how God saves us by faith? And what more shall I say? I don't have time to tell about Gideon, Barak, Samson, and Jephthah, about David and Samuel and the prophets, who through faith conquered kingdoms, administered justice, and gained what was promised, who shut the mouths of lions, quenched the fury of the flames, and escaped the edge of the sword whose weakness was turned to strength and who became powerful in battle and routed foreign armies. Women received back their dead, raised to life again. Isn't faith amazing? You almost have a feeling there's nothing that faith can't accomplish. By faith, kingdoms were conquered. By faith, walls fell down. By faith, the dead were raised to life. 
That's the power of faith. But, but don't miss this. We shouldn't think of any of these heroes as any different than us. These are just ordinary people who had faith in an extraordinary God. The great missionary William Carey said, expect great things from God. Attempt great things for God. Expect great things from God. Attempt great things for God. And I've learned in my life that when I step out in faith, sometimes I think, man, that's crazy. When we step out in faith, we can expect great things from God and we can attempt great things for God. I'll never forget the moment Angie and I said yes to adoption. And we began to move forward as God began to put this on our heart. And we got into the process a little bit and, and we quickly discovered that for us to be a family through adoption was a financial impossibility. But aren't you glad that we serve a God today who makes the impossible possible? And as we began to enter into this process, I'm telling you, God did. Miracle after miracle after miracle, including somebody handing us a check for $10,000. And I wish I could say, oh, that was us. We did that. That was amazing. But the truth is, we didn't do anything. And that's the amazing thing about these stories is that God gets the glory in all these stories because he's the one who does the work. The hardest thing we have to do is to believe, to hold on to that rope as we lean back over the cliff. All things are possible, Jesus said, for those who believe. But I wish I could tell you, life of faith is health and wealth. I wish I could tell you, you believe today, God's got a $10,000 check waiting for you. <laughs> wish that was the case. Because our author goes on to a second list. Let's take a look at this, the second list here. There were others who were tortured, refusing to be released so they might gain an even better resurrection. Some faced jeers and flogging and even chains and imprisonment. They were put to death by stoning. They were sawed in two. They were killed by the sword. They went about in sheepskins and goatskins, destitute, persecuted and mistreated. What a great line. The world was not worthy of them. They wandered in deserts and mountains, living in caves and in holes in the ground. Anyone want to go back to the first list? <laughs> just, we just skip that. Man. But isn't that list just as great? Think about it. This idea of Faith doing great things for God is a two-sided coin. And I think about my heroes of the faith. And I think about those who've accomplished great things. And I think about those who suffered great things. And both of those are the great opportunities that we have as we follow Jesus Christ. We do great things. We suffer great things. We step out in faith, trusting in Jesus. There wasn't anything special about 
the men and women I just listed, they are ordinary people just like you and me who stepped out to trust a big God. You know, just for 2,000 years, we think about maybe a specific example here. For 2,000 years, Christians have believed the Bible's teaching about gender, marriage, and sexuality. How easy is it for us as Christians to follow the Bible's teachings on that today? Ah, there's some pressure, isn't there? It's getting tough in some specific areas in our culture to follow Jesus Christ. Could you get jeered for that? I met someone whose entire company went to a, a pride event. She was the lone Christian who just stayed back. Maybe you get flogged by your coworkers, maybe in prison. We don't know what God has for us, but we know we're going to stay true to Jesus and to his word. That's a tough example. But what I want to encourage you today is that faith does great things. And God's going to do great things for you as you step out in faith, trusting him and believing him. Here's how our passage closes, verse 39. These were all commended for their faith, yet none of them received what had been promised, since God had planned something better for us so that only together with us they would be made perfect. I love that. God has amazing things for us. We look forward with faith. Faith doesn't compromise. And faith does great things. That's a big passage, isn't it? Wish we had more time. But it's a big passage because God is calling us to have big faith today and a big God. So let me pray. Let me pray for us as we wrap up. God, thanks for this morning. Thank you that you are awesome, that you are powerful. Thank you that you're working in the world. And, and even now, even today, your kingdom is coming, your will is being done all around the world, and we look for the day where Jesus rises in victory, where he comes, Lord, to set everything right. We look forward to that day when, when Jesus and all the saints will reign on earth as it is in heaven. But in the meantime, God, as we, as we go through our life, sometimes it feels like we're living in tents. Somebody, sometimes it feels like we're stepping out in faith. Sometimes we feel like the world doesn't understand us. But we just remember today that you're worth it all, that you're worthy of our best, and you're worthy of our trust. So give us the strength today to trust in you. Give us the strength to overcome the difficulties in our life. And uh, we just thank you for, for the amazing testimonies that come out of times when faith is tested. So give us the strength, Lord, to hold fast to you in all these things and to persevere to the very end uh, where we get to see you crowned in glory. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.